podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. On this episode, I'm bringing you the forecast for June 16th to June 21st, 2021. And I'll keep this intro real short, get into it soon, but just announce that the Kickstarter to fund a year ahead of Magic of the Spheres podcast, as well as these forecasts, is now open. So I'm leaving the link in the notes, and I would ask you who are listening, who love this podcast, to take this message very personally. I am speaking to you. Each backer counts. And if you enjoy these missives, these broadcasts, you can consider them like public radio. Hours of work go in every week to producing this free content in addition to the work that I do, designing curriculum, teaching, and working with people one-to-one. I've come up with a bunch of awesome rewards for the Kickstarter backers, including a variety of talks on magic and the astrological Eros, to name a few. And you can also book an astrology reading with me. We're pledged to get a reading through the Kickstarter. You can get discounted tuition to the upcoming intensive, the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive. You can also enroll in the online presences performance art class um, that we had last year that's back again, and a new course, Image Hive, a creative writing series. So check that out in the notes, and I'll leave you to the forecast for next week now. This is Sabrina Monarch of monarchastrology.com bringing you the astrology forecast for June 16th to June 22nd, 2021. We have a few main things. It's the solstice, the summer solstice for those of us on the northern hemisphere, winter solstice for those on the southern hemisphere. Jupiter stations retrograde in Pisces, early Pisces, and will go back into Aquarius um, at the end of July and stay there for the rest of 2021. Mercury will also station direct in Gemini. It's been a pretty momentous time period with the recent eclipses and the Saturn-Uranus square, which exacted at the time of recording this on Monday, June 14th. It exacted yesterday. You can check out last week's forecast for more information about this uh, very friction-filled, dynamic, breakthrough-oriented transit. Stationing planets, which we have two this week, Jupiter and Mercury, become louder and more present energies in our experience. And something that inspires me this week about Jupiter and Mercury both stationing is that from a traditional perspective, um, Jupiter rules Pisces. Um, I also use modern rulership um, as an evolutionary astrologer, so I look at Neptune as the ruler of Pisces, but um, I toggle, I go with both. And We have Mercury in its home sign, Jupiter in its home sign, and they're both stationing. And I feel like the Jupiter-Mercury dialectic is a lot about um, data and information and meaning making. And so um, consequently, or uh, coincidentally, I wouldn't say coincidentally, but in the same, you know, soup. Um, I've been getting deeper into studying tarot because I, I want to understand tarot as a system similar to the way that I feel an understanding of astrology. And tarot is reminding me, 
you know, that we can look at these symbols or these particular um, cards, right, for tarot, and that there's a whole experience or kind of meaning attached to them. Similarly, with astrology transits or semantics, the way that we look at words. And so I think that there's an interesting moment with both of these planets stationing retrograde in signs that they are, you know, said to be at home in, that there may be this emphasized clarity or at least just simply an emphasis on what data points, you know, what mapping tools we're using, what are we collecting as in terms of things that we're observing, things that we're noticing, things that maybe we're writing down and recording, and what story are we weaving around it? Jupiter and Pisces specifically stationing may bring to our awareness our relationship with both despair and faith, longing and fulfillment, an empty cup and the cup flowing over. Right? So Jupiter... Um, exaggerates and expands what it touches. And the sign of Pisces is mystical. Pisces is the many changing moment to moment emotions of the mystic from despair to bliss. And I think that there's a, a quality with Jupiter where, you know, we tend to think of Jupiter as like a really fun kind of planet. It brings the party, it's banquets, it's expansion, it's opportunity. And it's exaggerating something. It's dramatizing something. And if we're looking at Pisces and Pisces as its whole kind of range of experience does include despair, it does include um, a sense of feeling disillusioned. It is being prone to fantasy and wanting life to be sparkly and magical. And so noticing at this time what our relationship is with that kind of spiritual longing or spiritual hope Right. And it's possible that the arrival of good fortune wants only our attention, that if we can be with our longing, we can be with the inverse of our longing. So we can be with the empty cup and we can be with the cup flowing over. These two things are, you know, the same. They're one and the same, two sides of the same coin, but we experience them as different frames of time. But if you think about some of your most fulfilling experiences in this life and some of the experiences of longing or emptiness that led up to those that cued you in, oh, something's missing here. I desire something. I'm yearning for something. And then when it arrives, you feel that sense of um, being fulfilled in places that you used to feel empty. So I think that Jupiter and Pisces may bring us in touch with, you know, that whole range of feeling um, emptiness, despair, even um, to feeling like, uh, ecstatic or blissful. It may be worth considering where we are being called to surrender more and surrender, you know, could be surrendering control. It can be surrendering a sense of having to know or having to understand something that you don't yet. Um, one that occurred to me just this week was surrendering the, the willpower involved in faith. Like, because I value faith, um, I have willpower around keeping the faith and to surrender that and be in a state of, you know, I don't have faith right now. I'm running out of faith and to surrender that and allow myself to then be held by a broader matrix, um, held by the trees and the woods, held by the universe, held by the angels. I didn't have to work so hard 
uh, to hold or keep the faith. And I see that as surrender as well, like opening up to greater support and benevolence in the universe. The key, of course, being that we do have to ask. So I would also consider this week your relationship with prayer. Some people really bristle at the word prayer because there's some negative, you know, religious connotations to that. But there's so many different kinds of prayer. And if you simply think about it as opening up a dialogue with the universe, I mean, how profound is it to talk to the universe and hear the universe talk back to you, right? Um, Or to notice your prayers being answered. And I think that that, you know, that's a conversation that we continue, you know, to have throughout our lives, Um, If we open that conversation, if we entertain it, and you may notice that some, some ways of praying or some ways of being in conversation with the universe seem more fruitful or efficacious than others. And that's this personal uh, journey of learning your relationship with the universe. And I think that Jupiter stationing here might uh, have us thinking more or noticing more what our relationship is with that bigger picture context. Mercury's retrograde in Gemini has involved a square to Neptune in Pisces for the duration of this retrograde. So experientially, we may have um, vacillated between confusion, which is a Mercury-Neptune thing, as well as um, inspiration. I mean, generally, Neptune can be that confusing fog or like deep, you know, mystical inspiration. We have likely been confronted with contemplating the unseen such as the arrival of the future and will it be colored more by our hopes or our fears? And do we even have access to envisioning what is to come or does it feel out of reach to even picture it? You know, can you even imagine the future? Without the actual data points, we can be left to our own mental loops, our own egoic stories, where we have been able to dissolve unhelpful or challenging mental loops. This could have felt profoundly healing, Um, At the moment, there may still be an impulse to articulate through the fog um, or from the fog to give voice to our impressions and the mysterious workings of our inner worlds. I think there's a really interesting dynamic that sometimes people get locked into feeling like they can't speak or they can't articulate something until they know or until they feel clear. And sometimes the process of learning and journeying is actually about articulating exactly where we're at. So this is a dynamic I feel like when we um, disclose how we are feeling or what's going through our minds in relationship or in community, then the community can bear witness to that and adjust and respond. And sometimes it helps move the story forward and breaks up stagnancy as opposed to if we're um, waiting until we feel like something is complete. Because with Mercury and with the mutable energies, things are are always changing. Like you never step into the same river twice. Um, reality is flexible. And so if we're, we keep waiting for the arrival, the arrival doesn't come. It's about wording through what's happening. So at some practical level, you know, thinking about if you are in some kind of state of fog to sit down with your thoughts and articulate it and see if simply engaging it as it is real right now and being with the reality of feeling confused or feeling in a fog that you might wander your way out of that fog through engaging it. So before I get into our week um, in some more detail, I have a few announcements for you. 
One is that you can find me on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch, and you can also follow me um, or sign up for my mailing list, which is a great way to stay in touch here when my bookings open up for readings, get the weekly forecast delivered to your inbox every week. My novel, The Garden of Sleeping Hammers, is now out. You can order it through Barnes & Noble. I have links in the notes, um, and I will be you know, sharing more you know, events or kind of interviews about the book as time goes forward. If you'd like to talk to me about the book um, in terms of interviewing me or you have, you know, podcasts in the literary world that you have in mind, um, please connect me. I am slowly kind of making a, a book tour situation. I'm also creating a new course called Image Hive about creative writing, and this is available through the Kickstarter so let me show you what I have going on here. So I am funding the next year ahead. Oh, we just jumped up to 30. Okay. When I started recording, we were at 29. So this is a Kickstarter to fund the year ahead of these forecasts, the YouTube channel and Magic of the Spheres podcast. So if you're listening to this um, and you've been listening to me, I would really encourage you to show your support um, and to help you know, this free content, consider me and this, you know, these broadcasts like public radio, uh, the reality being that I love doing this and I would share it, you know, regardless of if this campaign was funded, um, because this is like an extension of my being and this is what I love to do. And at the same time, I would really love support for the amount of time and labor, um, and love that goes into these broadcasts and the podcasts every week, you know, it's hours of work in addition to, um, teaching and designing curriculum and working with people one-on-one. -on -one. And I have tons of awesome rewards for backers that are, um, they're stacked. So at every, you know, tier there's rewards kind of integrated from the previous one. So everyone who pledges will get an astrology of 2022 overview video. I have an introduction to visualization magic video. Um, visualization, visualization magic is something I've been practicing every day, even as a child before I knew what it was. Um, and it's, it's deep magic can change your life with your imagination. I have a craft of astrological writing video and astrological Eros video. I'm super excited about evolutionary astrology reading. There's still 23 spots left. And normally when I open my books, those go fast though. I know that, you know, there's some other things here that you may want to get, but you can get a reading with me. Image Hive. So this is the creative writing series, the title based off of um, this idea that writers are a collector of images. So we're really going to be talking about the capacity of vision and being a seer as part of the craft of writing. And I would really like just go check out the course page and read the um, I'll leave the link in the notes read the talk descriptions. They're going to be really amazing. And I'm excited for this online presence as performance art is back. Um, if you missed it last year, um, this is basically 10 plus hours of transmissions about cultivating a magical and enchanted relationship with the internet. People loved it last time and um, I'm excited to be offering it again. And you can get a combination of the courses as well as a discounted tuition to the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive and you can get all three courses. So check that out, you know, at the... At the lowest, you can pledge 25. 
My goal is to have 116 plus backers since since we had 115 last year. So I will leave the link to the Kickstarter in the notes. And I thank you so much for those of you who have already supported and those of you who are um, intending to. Okay. Jupiter, tw- <laughs> Jupiter 20th, June 20th, 2021, Jupiter stations, stations retrograde in two degrees of Pisces at 8.05 a.m. Pacific. So Jupiter stationing retrograde in early Pisces will bring Jupiter back into Aquarius, like I mentioned. That will happen July 28th through December 28th of this year, that Jupiter is back in Aquarius. We'll re-enter at the very end of the year and um, move in and out of Pisces and Aries in 2022. So Pisces is the home of Jupiter in traditional astrology, um, which means that which means that Jupiter has more resources at hand to carry out its purpose. Jupiter topics include things like expansion, beneficence, I don't know how to say that word, um, opportunity, higher learning, spirituality, and celebration. Now, for what it's worth, the idea of um, Hellenistic astrology, essential dignity, and whatnot is a lens that I play with, but um, I come from an evolutionary astrology lineage where, you know, there is no idea of planets having more or less dignity in various signs. Um, So I kind of hold both perspectives, but it is interesting to think about Jupiter, you know, at home here and thinking about how this could mean that Jupiterian things um, are more easily come by at this moment. So like I was saying earlier, in terms of Jupiter relating to spirituality and Uh, developing a worldview or a sense of a bigger picture of reality, not all people who engage Jupiter are spiritual. You know, sometimes they are uh, philosophical or political. There's a sense of organizing reality around bigger topics or bigger themes. So this could be a time, you know, to really feel into where are you wanting to grow and expand and see the bigger picture, um, whether that is your you know, worldview in a social sense or your worldview in a cosmic sense. Jupiter and Pisces both have a way of seeing beyond the current forms or circumstances. So this is a visionary quality when we see beyond what already is and see what could be. On the one hand, you know, when we're visionaries, we're not bound to simply responding to reality as it is. We can see and shape possibility. It's a very creative, you know, position to be in. However, this can also relate to an attitude of overlooking. Consider the person who sees the best in people and how this person likely does bring out the best in people through their magnanimity, uh, etc. While also this person may have to navigate not being delusional or putting themselves in compromising situations because, you know, they see the best in that other person. I think this is a really interesting balance or thing to be in relationship with is how having the best expectations or the best intentions can shape beautiful circumstances. And it also can be something that we need to be sober about or balance out um, depending on the situation. With Jupiter stationing retrograde in Pisces, our impulses for fantasy and optimism may be coming into focus We may be discovering a resolve in our faith that is being challenged. 
where we may be giving up faith as we realize that we're dreaming something that isn't in alignment with us or our truth, you know, like you can go hard um, on a dream and become disillusioned of that dream. And it's powerful really to, to be able to pivot when that is the truth. Um, maybe we are simply growing tired of clinging on to something, you know, and so we're assessing that. Pisces represents surrender and oneness and potentially part of faith is feeling lifted up by reality. Like we are not the only ones carrying the weight. At times this can look like letting go. There may be certain areas of life where it serves us to be visionary, where this impulse truly does connect us with greater and vaster heights. Other areas of life may call for more grounded realism if our visionary qualities are disconnecting us from sober acknowledgements that need to be made. Disillusionment, so the loss of an illusion, fantasy, or idyllic expectation. I thought it was going to be this thing, and it's not. Um, it's a big and unraveling emotion. It can often feel exaggerated in of itself, you know, but Jupiter and Pisces here as well. Just as the illusion itself was an exaggeration, you know, imagine blowing up a balloon and letting all the air come out. Be gentle with yourself if you experience disillusionment. It will pass. It doesn't mean that all is lost, nor that every dream must be sacrificed. And in the case that we have found or are currently connecting with a resonant portal or resonant portals of fantasy, such as in creative practice or playing with our perception, uh, charisma magic is also a big thing that I think a lot about, um, especially in this context, because if we are to go out and be around people and we have a bunch of thoughts that are um, negative or um, self-judgmental or anxious, right, we will interact with that field of the social situation from that nervous, anxious place versus when we um, imagine our way, you know, into a more confident way of being, right? And that can be done through actually cultivating parts of ourselves realistically or pragmatically that we associate the consequence of, oh, if I do this, I'll be confident. We can also imagine ourselves as confident or have more generous thoughts about ourselves and about how um, how we interact with other people, for example, and that can then come true. So it's interesting the ways that we can work with imagination to actually um, have an experience materialize, right? And we can also use imagination to stay in a circumstance, uh, project that fantasy onto something that cannot hold that fantasy because it's not true. So feeling into where do you have boundless creativity and you can go into this portal of fantasy and manifest something? Um, and where is that fantasy being funneled into something that cannot hold that? And so for where we feel um, connected to, you know, a resonant portal of fantasy, as I'm calling it at this moment, there may be um, a lush period of images and impressions. I'm in the field of image hive right now, you know, channeling this writing course. So I'm a little bit back in, you know, or a lot back in recording my dreams always like as a discipline. So my dreams are becoming more vivid and 
noticing my thoughts and the words that come up uh, that are, uh, you know, they just drop into my mind and I just write them down, especially when I'm about to fall asleep. Um, and so it's just been really interesting to, to play with catching these images, uh, because in the last, um, you know, some years, I think that I've just, I sit down to write and it happens, but because I'm in the field of image hive and I'm talking about the practice of writing, I am retracing my steps back through how I learned how to write and doing those things again to re-embody them and figure out how I would talk about them and transmit them. So I'm having a really good time, like reopening this kind of, uh, world. So just as an example, and I'm just, you know, have to tell you about image hive because I'm so excited about it. Um, but I think that there is something magical about contacting images, right? And so when we are in the state of imagination about whatever it is that you are visioning in your life, uh, the more that you water that channel or make space for that channel, the more that the images, the ideas, the visions flood in. Sun enters Cancer. We have the solstice at 8.32 p.m. Pacific. And we begin to separate from the recent eclipse season that took place on the Gemini-Sagittarius axis. Eclipses are generally unstable in chaotic time periods, and Gemini and Sagittarius are mutable signs that promote learning through new experience. Our affairs may have felt up in the air lately. And cancer season initiates new impulses homeward, inwardly, or into the realm of our emotional core. Post-wandering or exploring, so these eclipses on the Gemini-Sag axis, the urge to bond and form attachments can grow. The water signs, so that's Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, are lit up and motivated by love and feeling loved. It's sweet, right? <laughs> Where fire is motivated by destiny and adventure, earth by cultivating our bodies and material life, money, things of that nature, and air by the intellect, ideas. So the desire from the water element to feel loved, to feel belonging, which is also a cancer theme, to feel at home, also cancer, can all be very direct in our experience. Like we literally are looking for love or looking for home and it can be cloaked in other things. So the thing that we uh, feel will bring us home or bring us to that feeling. I think it can be powerful to hold an awareness of that deeper energy or that deeper emotion we're seeking to feel and contacting that field as opposed to getting too lost in the form. Because the field is abundant. The form is collapsed. You know, it's the infinite turned into a specific form and it's important to be in relationship with forms. You know, we are forms, we are bodies, we eat like these are all forms. Um, but when we can see the universal currents flowing through these forms, I think we have more access to making choices that resonate with our values or the emotional values that we're seeking to cultivate. So if we know that we want to feel loved, right. And we have a specific locked way of, you know, this is how I feel loved, but it's not actually working. There's a way to kind of soften that and feel into a deeper field of love and home that is available, um, in more ways than we think it was. Some of our animal friends, 
maybe good teachers here in the cancer season themes um, in the way that they can be so transparent about wanting attention or basking in the attention that we give them, how they can radiate love and affection and be so interested in connection so visibly. We may find them adorable and completely approve of and celebrate them while that same energy that lives inside of us, transparent emotionality and the impulse toward affection and connection uh, may not be as upfront and center or something we approve of or celebrate as deeply as we do in a dog or a cat. Um, And yet this very Cancerian dimension of ourselves is a portal to greater connection and love. Cancer represents moment-to-moment emotional impulses, as well as how we inhabit the space of the bigger circumstances of our lives. So things like how we feel in our home, our environment, our relationships. Staying in touch with caring for ourselves and our lives creates love. The opposite is neglect. Neglect is always a symbol that something is needing care. This season, see if you can practice attuning yourself to the language of care. June 21st, 2021, Venus in 23 degrees of Cancer will try Neptune in 23 degrees of Pisces at 6.57 a.m. Pacific. Here, nostalgia and romanticization of the past could be a theme. Passively, this is like a sedative that could take us nowhere, disconnects us from the present. With a little more intention and curiosity, Nostalgia may be a symbol that we are seeking to retrieve something that was formative for us, a feeling, a sensitivity, a quality of being. Our way back into this state will be new, though, since our reality has changed. Nostalgia, when you break down the etymology, there's um, it comes down to like a painful return home. Like it's a painful emotion, nostalgia, where we're longing or pining for the past And um, it's interesting to think about those moments that we long for from the past, because usually those moments were so of the essence of the moment that we were fully there or present. Potentially, you might have nostalgia for times that you also were stuck in nostalgia or something. It's like an endless chain. But for the most part, some of these like things that we really value from the past, it's like we were just so fully there. And so... Sometimes there's that alarm bell of like, oh, I miss that. And, you know, what is that quality and how do you um, contact that quality again? Right. Or how do you feel into the numinosity of the present moment such that what you're living now becomes capable of being future nostalgia? June 22nd, 2021, Mercury stations direct in 16 degrees of Gemini at 3 p.m. Pacific. Mercury will leave post-retrograde shadow on July 7th. So that just means it re-catches up with the same degree of Gemini where it originally stationed retrograde. Consider where Mercury retrograde fell in your natal chart by house, if you know. 
Uh, This would have been an area of life experiencing quite a lot of change with the recent eclipses and rethinking with the retrograde here, and perhaps a flurry of ideas going in a variety of different directions. The quality of this retrograde did perhaps produce diffuse thinking, so not focus or not clarity, as well as a degree of randomness in our experience that could have awoken something. So a degree of randomness in our experience that could have awoken us to something. If we always follow the same paths physically through the world or cerebrally in the mind, we always go to the same habitual places, just same, same. A detour from the ordinary path, some novelty, Gemini specialty, will generate new understandings. Some clarity or direction may be returning as Mercury picks up speed and goes direct, or Mercury goes direct and picks up speed in that order. Um, But consider what your recent travels have revealed to you. You know, if you experienced any detours or had some experiences come up that were strikingly new or kind of off your beaten path and how that resonated or landed in you and kind of activated neural pathways or places in your heart that um, you are a little bit less used to contacting. Um, that's the one of the promises of Gemini. And I think too, this particular, um, you know, Gemini heavy time period, sun and Gemini, Mercury retrograde and Gemini, eclipse new moon and Gemini, um, I was really brought to reflect on how Gemini is the quality of wandering and having experiences in a different way than Sagittarius because Sagittarius has a bigger picture concept of what the truth is and organizes reality accordingly. So it can be our belief system or cosmology. And Gemini, there's a sense of going out on a walk and seeing what happens um, or being really interested in the you know, current films and books that are coming out and being, um, you know, like fluent in what the current like cultural motifs are or something like there's that sense of really, um, not necessarily having to look for the bigger picture meaning of all of life, but just enjoying the shop down the street or the book that you just picked up and having an experience with it. And I think, um, This season has shown me how um, generative and meaningful that can be, especially if you do lean more toward the Sagittarian side uh, in terms of you have really strong opinions or strong perspectives on what reality is or um, and whatnot, then sometimes just having new experiences and shaking it up a little bit um, is life affirming and kind of brings some circulation and joyfulness or delight uh, back into our experience. And of course, if you are on the opposite side of that and you tend to feel more diffuse or scattered or um, you don't know where you're going, you don't know what the bigger picture of your life is or what's your purpose and all of that, then maybe some more of that Sagittarian, what do you believe in? What are your higher principles um, can be of service to creating a, a more organized sense of being in terms of directionality. So I hope that you enjoyed this forecast and um, 
I'm sending you all so much love. Please check out the Kickstarter. And I'm also leaving the links to the um, Image Hive course and online presences performance art, which you can read more about um, on those course pages and choose from any variety of the Kickstarter offerings to support a year ahead of these transmissions. Thank you for listening. And I hope that you have a beautiful week. <laughs>